0: When was the last time you fixed a leaky sink, built a fence, rewired your lighting? If you're anything like me, the answer is never. Folks like us rely on skilled tradesmen and women to fix it and make our cars, homes, offices, and vital infrastructure all better. But it's becoming more difficult to find this skilled labor. Trade vacancies are the hardest jobs to fill in the country right now, with electricians, carpenters, welders, bricklayers, drivers, plasterers, plumbers, masons, construction workers, and other trade positions maintaining the number one position in vacancies over the last nine years. The labor shortage in the U.S. is reaching a critical point, according to a recent report that revealed employers are having a difficult time finding qualified employees to fill a record 6 percent million job openings, with many of those positions in construction and manufacturing. The decades-long push from academia to get youth into college has resulted in fewer courses and classes offered to open opportunities in skilled trades to tomorrow's workforce, at both the high school level and the collegiate level. While these jobs might not be the sexiest jobs or the highest paid jobs, they are the bedrock to our economy and provide millions gainful, meaningful, vital employment. Today's guest is Letitia Hankey, a woman who has risen in the ranks of the trades and is now the CEO of a successful roofing company, filling the skilled labor employment gap and helping youth find success in their lives. While roofing may not sound like a hotbed of innovation or social innovation, Letitia's approach to it is one of the more exciting stories of social innovation and impact that entrepreneurs of all stripes can learn a lot from. Letitia, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming out to West County, checking out <laughs> the office beautiful out here. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell us a bit about who you are and what you're up to with ARS Roofing and the Lime Foundation. What am I up to? Hmm.
1: Um, so I'm Letitia Henke and I own a roofing and solar construction company. Um, been about 14 years now but I've been in the industry 22 years and I don't know how that's possible because I'm only 25 I see that (laughs) um but I I mean I love what I do you know I wouldn't be doing it unless it was something that I really enjoy and um it's not like I you know when I woke up when I was 10 years old and said I wanted to be a roofer when I grew up I just decided that I had this opportunity to own a business and be a business owner and this is the first thing that kind of came my way and I, um, I, I've loved every minute of it. So, you know, being in the contractor world, what happened was that I just started noticing that we weren't having enough, um, workers in the workforce. You know, we mm-hmm. have all these projects, but can't get anything done because there's no one to hire, you know, um, these young people, you know, they're going off the college to be in, you know, computers and doctors and lawyers, but no one wants to be a roofer and no one wants to be yeah. a plumber. Uh, so a couple of years ago, about three years ago, I was uh, with some of my contractors and we're always talking about, you know, how do we get kids, you know, young people interested in the construction trades? And I started a nonprofit in 2015, which is the Lime Foundation. And uh, one of our programs is called the Next Gen Trades Academy. And we're training young adults, 16 to 24, and getting them interested in the trades. And it just kind of starts off with an education part, you know, just mm-hmm. introducing them to carpentry and plumbing. You know, plumbing is not just about plumber's crack, okay? <laughs> it's, it's more this than is that. Nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's more than that. And they're not teaching it in the schools that you can get into construction and make just as much as a doctor and make just as much as a lawyer. And we're teaching them that we're saying, you can be creative. You can let your creative side out and still be able to make a living. And, um, and that's what we're proving to these young people and it's working, you know, they are coming through the program. They're getting hired, um, with local contractors and, So my nonprofit is really a lot of, it's, it's my heart, it's my heart and that's me. And it's feeding
0: the business problem that you're running into, which is really interesting system that you've created. So it strikes me as odd, a woman (laughs) as owning a roofing company, supporting (laughs) this trades. It's uh, it's wonderful and it's a little different. So why are you passionate about this space?
1: it was weird in the beginning uh when I was run I ran a roofing company for about 8 years I was there and then that opportunity came up for me to get my own license and start my own company okay. and and it, and I was scared I was terrified I'm like number 1 I'm about to be a business owner but then number 2 I'm about to be a female roofer and an African American female roofer so it was it was just like all these things in one and I'm like what am I doing but I did it. I just decided to just go for it and in the beginning it was weird because you know, I I I was so afraid to be a woman. I was really trying to be one of the guys. So, you know, I had my flannel on and my boots and you know, I had my hat and uh-huh. I, you know, I'd come in, you know, kind of like the guys, "Hey, how you doing?" and and thinking that I can blend in, but there was no way yeah. I was going to be blending in because it's a, a male-dominated industry. So, Back then, 14 years ago, I didn't know very many female contractors at all. And I felt very lonely. Mm -hmm. So I go to different meetings and, you know, it'd be all men in the meetings. And they're like, oh, who's your boss? And I'm like, well, actually, I'm the boss. And I remember one of my first... one of my first meetings that I went to was a contractor's meeting, pretty much all contractors that networked together and they were all hanging out at the bar. And I just kind of came over and introduced myself. And I had my uh, polo shirt on that had my ARS logo on it. And uh, I walk over to some of the gentlemen and I introduce myself. I am Letitia. And they're like, oh, you work, you, you work for ARS, huh? I'm like, well, actually, I'm the CEO of ARS Roofing. And um, the general contractor says, ha, from the kitchen to the rooftop, huh? Silence. and that was my first experience and I, I have literally been the owner I don't know six months or something mm. it was my and I'm like okay I need to get out and, mingle get and out. meet people right. and that was my first experience so you know and and I was weaker back then you know I wasn't as strong I mean I've, I had to go several years really building up my stamina and and like I could do this I'm not gonna let them get me down yeah. and I had experienced a lot of this even as a child. I, I was bullied as a kid. I grew up in mm. Lake County, if you know where the Lake County is. So I grew up in Middletown in Hinn Valley, and my parents moved... I Me and my brother up there, when we were, I was five years old. We lived in Berkeley and they moved us up to Lake County. <laughs> and so shocking. I'm in, you know, I'm in Middletown and there there are kids that have literally never seen a black person before. I mean, mm-hmm. the, like, in, especially in person. So for many, many years, I got called, you know, everything you can imagine, everything. And um, I got spit on. I got picked on. I used to hide Uh, behind a tree and at my lunch so that way kids couldn't find me and one of my teachers came over to me one day and she said you know I want you to come to my classroom the next day and I went to her class and she put a trumpet in my hand and taught me how to play the trumpet at lunch so that way kids wouldn't bully me in the schoolyard and it completely completely changed my life and part of my nonprofit, the Lyme Foundation is a music program it's called the Turner Arts Initiative. Turner is my maiden name and I wanted to have a program for you know young kids that have experienced bullying or have low self-esteem, and they can now channel that through music and performing arts. And yeah. so we honor a lot of those students through um, that type of thing, because it changed my life forever, uh, it really did. So, I just, you know, after all that bullying. Then I get bullied as an adult, being a female, yeah. in a roofing industry, you know, in the construction. So I I felt like I was thick skinned, but it hurt, you know, yeah, it really did. But I got through it, and I proved myself, and I I have great friends, you know, in the construction industry. I've met a lot of women now. There's been a lot more women coming up in the industries, and I haven't met a female roofer yet. I'm working on it, but I haven't yet. <laughs> as someone can, you're contact me. a few, I think, <laughs> aren't you? There were a few that yes, I am. I'm grooming something right now. Um, There was a female roofer that contacted me uh, in, like, North Carolina or something like that. She's like, oh, my gosh, another female roofer. So I am looking to, you know, find
0: some other female roofers to, you know, canoodle with. So So 14 years later, do you find yourself continuing to run into this kind of male culture within the industry? It's really rare now. No,
1: it's really rare. I mean, I you know, maybe in a client, you know, um, you know, there was a lot of sexism in the beginning. You know, at first I thought um, I might experience some racism and, you know, people ask me that. They're like, do you experience racism more or sexism more? And at first, at first it was sexism. And then all of a sudden I had, you know, some race racism happen. And, you know, I just, I just had to let it go and continue to do what I'm doing. And you really do have to be Thick-skinned, and um, you know, I had it. I had an incident that you know, you know, I don't experience racism that often. I mean, maybe the limpy handshake every once in a while, and maybe the door slammed on my face a couple times. But I think the 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 worst one I've experienced in my entire career is a couple years ago. There was just a, a, a couple older clients over the phone. I had never met them before, mm-hmm. and this is when I was still kind of hiding out. You know, if you look at my marketing now, I have my picture on everything. Yeah. I have my. I used to sign my name L R Hankey, so people wouldn't know that I was a man. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Surprise, I'm a man. No, so they wouldn't, so they wouldn't know I was a woman. I signed yeah. an L.R. Hankey, you know, so they think I'm a guy, you know, and um, oh. so I was still hiding out yeah. and there was this couple and I, um, and I, uh, you know, we were over the phone talking about the bid. They loved the bid. They said it looked great. My staff was very professional. They were ready to go with the contract. Let's come over and sign the contract. Fantastic! I'm on the way. So I set up an appointment. I go there. I'm in my cute little dress and I have my pink little shoes on. I was so cute. And then I walk up with my sample board and you know that's not typical to have a female in a you know pretty little dress and pink yeah. shoes with a sample board. But anyway, I show up and you know I knock on the door and um, she answers the door and she goes, oh, you know she kind of like jumped a little bit and I was like oh hi <laughs> you know and I stick my hand out and I'm like hi I'm Letitia how are you and, and she you know limpy, limply shakes my hand and I'm like she's like well you know um, I'm fine and her husband comes by and now her husband and I had this great great relationship over the phone we were joking around it was just fantastic right I'm just like hey great I'm about to meet my new my new stepdad or something right. right I get there he walks past he sees me I'm like hi you know, and I hold my hand out and it, and he looks down at my hand. He looks back at me, looks back down at my hand and he walked away. And I didn't know whether I should run for the hills or continue with this process. So she invites me in, which now I'm a little leery, Ugh. right? Okay. So yeah. I'm like, okay, how do I do this? So I walk in and I'm sitting at the table with her only. He's gone. He walked out to the living room somewhere so she and i are talking she's quiet i go through the bit again i said you know i'm probably there four minutes at this point i said so which one did you guys decide on and she said well you know we're not really sure you know we're ready for this we've been talking about it and you know we're we're probably not going to do it this year you know and i said okay no problem i understand i said well i did bring some sample boards with me i know you guys wanted to see some colors i said would you like to go ahead and look at some colors while i'm still here And she says, yeah, let's just go ahead and do that on your way out. I said, no problem at all. So this is probably seven minutes by this point. I get up, I get my papers. We're walking towards the door and he comes back and he says, I just want to let you know we have an alarm system on our house. And if anyone tries to break in, it's going to go off very loudly. And I said, thank you very much for letting me know. You guys have a wonderful day. And I walk out to my car and I drive away and I pulled over in the side of the road and I literally bawled my eyes out. It was, it was rough. That was a very rough day for me because I just, yeah. I still think
0: about that. Today, yeah, you know? I can tell. Um, so I went
1: back to my office and I told my office staff what happened. And we took their contract and we put it through the shredder. Because guess what? I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss. <laughs> I don't need their business, right. you know?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: So, you know, and that felt good actually. Um, you know, I never heard from them ever again. And, you know, you can call it what it is, but I you know, there was there was no other reason besides the fact that I showed up there and I was not what they were expecting. And right. you know, and I and I those are also things I have to let go, but it's also a story that I get to tell young people, you know, when we're training these young people who are experiencing these types of things, I get to tell them that story and how to just rise above it and move on because you literally just have to move on from it or it
0: will consume you. So that was my story for you. (laughs) That's a heavy one. As you're training these youth is a component of the training, how to deal with some of the... uh... The perceived stigma of the color of their skin or the tattoos that some of these kids carry. Yes, because yeah. everyone, you know, they people judge automatically.
1: Yeah. Um, we just teach them how to have a personality and how to present themselves properly. One of the portions of the program is that we, we bring in specialists that actually work with the students on good eye contact and how to have good posture and how to mm-hmm. speak speak clearly well, yeah I would say that and stutter at the same time <laughs> <Of course. laughs> um, and, and it's a great it, it comes at the very end after we've gone through a bunch of the training and the education the technical yeah all stuff, that yeah. stuff and then at the very end we bring them in so that way they know how to interview properly yeah. and whether you've got a tattoo up to your neck or on your to, all the way to your fingers you can still sit there and present yourself properly and mm-hmm. you know people will look past that you yeah. know um, you know people have looked past that I'm a female you know people have looked past that I'm black and people look past all of that if you just present yourself properly so yeah. we are teaching them that and a lot of these students are rough students you know they've come from you know really rough backgrounds or just um you know really hard backgrounds like single they're you know single parents uh, divorced parents they some of them have been adopted some of them are foster kids i mean mm-hmm. they've gone through a lot of stuff and so you know we're here to really help them through that and and um take that next step in their lives
0: I feel like this uh, this model that you're creating is so uh, it's such a win win win. Do you was this a model that you saw another organization do? Is it something that you're creating? Are you seeing other people following a similar type model? It was all of this
1: has happened simply because. Lime foundation i wanted to start one nonprofit, and i met this lady three years ago who said you know what you can start one nonprofit with several programs what are the things that you care about the most and mm-hmm. i literally sat there with her for 15 minutes to like list out all the things and you know one was health we have a senior activity program that um, helps seniors you know stay healthy and get exercise so we bring in a nutritionist to different senior homes or senior facilities and she teaches them how to cook and eat healthily, health, healthily. Is that a word? Um, Eat really healthy and then also get exercise. So we do yoga, chair yoga and other activities. And that was, that stemmed from my parents being ill, you know, for over half of my life, they've had been, you know, diabetic or had heart disease. I mean, my, almost my entire life, they've had some kind of illness. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to help seniors, start to be healthier again so she's like okay great that's a program what else and I'm like well you know I told her about my story of how music changed my life as a kid you know I want to start a program for other kids like that great we'll call that the Turner Arts Initiative I'm like great I love that that's my program and and then lastly it was just the program about basically training i mean my boss trained me you know so that way i could get my own license and i'm like yeah i want to train young people yeah. so that way they can you know in a few years be able to go and get their license and then now they're hiring more of our students you know to have this complete circle yeah. and i'm like i want to do a, a trades academy she said great have, start your trades academy and i'm like great she said what else i'm like well those are the things i'm the most passionate about well fantastic let's start sure. your nonprofit. Yeah. and that's what i did so it it just you know the idea, all the little ideas just kind of came from pieces of my life. And now I get to you know, I I'm gonna retire one day, you know, from roofing and be able to do my nonprofit the rest of my life yeah. and still do all the things that I love the most. So it, um, no, I I never knew there were other. I know there's other programs around that uh, kind of help with um, technical and other kind of unconventional type industries. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're looking to start our auto academy, our next gen auto academy, our our next gen chef academy. These are all things and in industries that young people don't know that they can go into and if they stick with it they can absolutely have an amazing career like Mm -hmm. I've had so um so yeah they're just ideas that just popped in my head probably in the middle of the night when I'm having insomnia (laughs) (laughs) I have all these little great ideas and I jot them down and you know so most likely that's when yeah here's my sticky notes I got a bunch of sticky notes on my wall that's how I that's how I plan um it just happened and then I just started calling people like over the years I've met so many people like you you know uh, you know i'm I'm at an event or something i meet people and then i just remember those people and then when things happen i start calling those people like contractors, you know, that I've met at different events. I call, Hey, I've got this trades Academy. Do you need to hire people? Yes, we need people. And then they hire them. So I just kind of stay in touch with people. And I love, you know, going to different events and places and meeting new people, because you never know when um, you're going to meet someone that's going to change your life. And that happened for me, you know, 14 years ago, you know, when I went to get this loan for this company, I, no one would give me a loan. And we had a bank that said, think we can do this and they gave me a big hunk of cash and they get they took a chance on me so i'm taking chances on people as well that's awesome
0: thank you when you're going through this you make it sound so effortless um and i know that can't be the case so so how are you able to sustain this this triple bottom line i have good support my staff Mm -hmm. i mean my my
1: crews my office staff i mean they take care of business for me. So I'm, I'm, am I'm able to go out and do these things that are my passion, but you know, I put in the work. I mean, I put in a lot of hours and time and dedication for many, many years to be able to get to this point now where I can actually just really live in, in my passion. I have a 16 year old son who's very supportive and you know, he's, comes to even I mean he used to come to work with me for many many years you know as a baby and um and but he supports me by I mean he used to go to networking events I had I used to belong to this women's group called Connections and and they were so sweet because at times they let me bring my son because I you know I didn't have childcare at that point and so I'd bring him he's eight months old nine months old and he'd just sit there hanging out with the ladies and you know and he still does that now at sixteen not that I like it but um you know I just. I have a great support around me. My parents, you know, they've mm-hmm. been there for me all the all the way through. But it's just the people that I've had around me that has just really helped me be able to. I have business coaches and life coaches. I mean, I have people yeah. that, you know, really help me stay sane because people are like, well, when do you sleep? I'm like, oh, right. right. Whenever I get a chance, Um, I do sleep actually, but I just, I pace myself and through business coaches, I've learned to, you know, pace my schedule and have a, you know, keep, keep a good schedule and keep on my schedule and then making sure that I'm not overwhelming myself because
0: I have done that in the past. (laughs) So that helps. That support network is what keeps me sane as well. Yes. (laughs) Keeps me grounded. Grounded. On track. Yes. Calls me on my craft. Really... Yes, and lots of prayer. Lots.
1: <laughs> lots of prayer. Otherwise, I would not get through it. Yeah.
0: So, turning back to the next Gen Academy. Yes. Um how many students have gone through it? How many have you hired? Well, last year, so last year we had our first
1: graduation uh, in June. We had 19 students go through the program okay. like from start to finish, and then out of that 19, 10 of them graduated, and then we just had our last graduation this past June. And 25 students went through the program and 15 of them graduated. So we've had 25 actual graduates. And then just last week, we uh, ended a program that we've been doing at CHOP's Teen Club. And we had six students for the summer. I was shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to spend their summer here. And they did. They spent their summer doing this Trades Academy. And five out of the six graduated from that as well. So we've had a total of 30 students graduate through the program. And uh, so far out of the 30, 16 Uh, got hired, but several weren't necessarily eligible yet because some of them were 17 and then they went off for summer vacation. So, you know, this upcoming year when they graduate from high school, they'll be ready to start um, the program full time. And they're going to run through our program one more time and be fully prepared and ready. Mm -hmm. So that way by next summer, they'll be ready to start their careers in the construction. So 16 were hired so far. I hired two um, I I I was lucky. You get lucky. the cream of the crop. Yeah. Well, I choice. get I get first choice. Everyone knows this. Okay, guys, you all know this, right? Contractors. Um, <laughs> I hired the first two. I I've hired our top two students from. There were two separate classes. One one was from Rancho Cotati and um, high school, and one was from Youth Connections. And I hired the two, and then they just happened to be um, the top two students that went to the Bahamas with us because we have a program called Limelight, and it's a solar uh, program. So we build portable solar kits and um they were the top two students that built these kit that these kits during our classes and they came to the bahamas with us we have a partnership over there with cti it's a career technical institute they deal with electric electrical and and carpentry and we met the students over there 15 students from there and they range from ages um pretty much like 17 to 30 And they went there and we brought all the solar out there and then they built the kits from scratch. And then they were able to take these solar kits and now they get to use them with their power tools and, you know, in their classes, they didn't realize that they had like this portable solar opportunity. And it was the most amazing experience, Lily, of their lives. Of course, those, those, I mean, those guys being able to go out there and do something like that. But to get the feedback that we got from these students that Lily, you know, they don't have anywhere near what we have available to us here in the mm-hmm. United States. I mean, it's just, they're just, they're, they're, they're going to this career technical Institute for Basically nothing. There's no. They don't have the job opportunities there at all. They just they're giving them hope, and we just gave them a little extra. So we're working on trying to get a couple of the students out here to start working for our contractors because they were some absolutely amazing students over there. So that was just a that was a grant that we that we got um, for this specific program, and so we're you know we're taking it around the world. You know we're trying to change the world. It's not just about you know, making a difference here in Sonoma County, which we are doing. Yeah. But, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm more than just, you know, being here in Sonoma County. I, I want to change
0: the world if I can. Mm-hmm. And
1: i doing it a little bit at a time. Yeah, it's the ripple effect. Yeah, ripple so effect. it's
0: been fun. So have you noticed an increase in, uh, in this challenge in the workforce, given kind of the high schools and public education has really reduced these extracurricular classes, whether it be in the trades or in the arts like yeah they're reducing
1: it out of, I mean I don't know if they I don't know what schools still have that type of thing even woodshop, auto, yeah yeah, woodshop, that stuff is, is is gone it's you know it's not there anymore and so because it's not there anymore these students don't realize that they have the opportunity yeah. so we're we're having a go to these places where we've been in talks with several other different places that want to have our program there because they're seeing that it's working these students are starting and making you know 15 to $20 an hour to yeah. start at these companies, you know, just knowing nothing at all. And they're like, and working full time, you know, coming right on, making, working full time. So people are recognizing it and contractors are recognizing it as well. They're calling us and saying, hey, we've been hearing about this program. We're hiring right now too. So I've got this long list of contractors now. And I have now a short list of, of students because yeah. they're getting hired so quickly that I'm like, we have to keep doing the program yeah. because they're getting hired so fast. Um, with the rebuild of Sonoma County, we're going to be doing that for so many years and these contractors need to be able to work fast enough to get these homes built but they can't do it without a workforce right so now they're and now you know what's different now because before, we weren't really willing to train new people. We were just like, oh, you're newbie? Never mind. You know, it, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work to train, you know, new people that have never been in the industry, especially roofing. I mean, they're up on roofs and, you know, it's like steep. and. Yeah. Um, but now we're just like, okay, it's time because we're noticing our workforce is also getting older and they're they're ready to start retiring. So we're like, mm. okay, we better start training. But it's kind of late because we have this huge gap already. Right. It's a huge gap. We've got 20-year-olds. So, yeah. And, and then 50 year olds i mean yeah. that's it where's the middle that middle is is i mean it's really not there i mean even when i look at my entire staff of of my workers you know there's i don't have a lot that are in the middle yeah. so we have to get these young people trained now mm. and now these contractors are realizing that and they're willing to be patient and get them trained and it's working and what we're finding is that these young people are passionate they're excited i remember the first alex i hired um, alex and He's 18, and you know, he comes, and it's his first day at work, and he's all prepared and ready, and he's there early. and he's He's been like that now for like a week, and then you know, I come in, I said, Hey, how are things going? He said, Oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm like, Fun? Roofing's not fun. What do <laughs> you mean, fun? In? You know, <laughs> fun? <laughs> it was not the word I was expecting. He's just smiling, and he's like, Yeah, I'm learning new things every day, and it's so. I mean, they're like, wow, this is new. this is so new to them. And I just hired another um, another young person yesterday. He's doing gutters, and he's starting to work in my gutters. And I texted him literally this morning. I'm like, hey, how was your first day? And he said, honestly, Letitia, and then he said, dot, dot, dot. This is the greatest thing ever, and he sent me that. He's, he's loving the fact that he's yeah. learning how to fabricate gutters and hang gutters. He loves it, and these young people are now bringing that spunk to my old people, I guess I would say, Uh or, you know, the seasoned people. And I'm seeing a difference in the seasoned folks as well. They're like, okay, great. You know, we've got this person that's helping out and it's helping them so much that I'm just seeing a difference in them as well. So, so that, and and some of my other contractors have really said the same thing is that some of these young folks that are coming in and they're excited and stuff are actually changing the, the the rest of their staff as well. So I'm hoping that's going to work out for many other folks as well.
0: And (laughs) was this something that you,
1: had anticipated or intuited, just not at all. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, I am so thankful for that dynamic because I I feel that that's a real positive thing to be able to, you know, let my contractors know in advance, Hey, you should hire our students because these are the things that are happening. So, um,
0: I was not expecting it, but I'm surely happy about it. In the the world I work in, a lot of uh, folks are focused on how do we change culture? How do we shift this? And seems like the seed of engaged, excited people who are really finding meaning in the work and the yes. learning. Yes, how that transfers to the. I mean, the these are vets. who are
1: these? These are millennials and also what is that Generation Z, Z or something? Yes. Okay, so these are who we're dealing with right now. You know, this is the world of video gaming and you know and computers and stuff like that and. Um... But the truth is, is that they just didn't know. They didn't know that this opportunity was available yeah. to them. They didn't know that this world existed in construction. And construction also gives them that brain stimulation. They're learning something new. They're having to problem solve. I mean, they don't. Re- they didn't know. And yeah. when they get on that job and they're doing something, you know, very different. We have uh, one of our um, contractors, uh, Bravo Restoration. They deal with fire damage, water damage. Um, you know, crime scene cleanup, hoarders, I mean, every day, they're going to be going as a different experience every single day. And they just hired one of our students as well. They've hired two so far. And, you know, these students get to experience something, you know, yeah, you go to Starbucks and you're a barista and that's a great job. And, you know, you get to do that. But then in the world of construction, you're, you're building a home, you're building a home for someone who lost their home. You know i mean this there's, there's so much meaning there when you yeah. when you think about it all of these students right now that's they're working on projects right now of rebuilding some of their probably their own homes we had three students lose their homes in the middle of our program you know and they still came back to our program because they said where am i going to do i mean where am i going to go what else am i going to do right. and they still came back to our program and they know now that they get to go off and help build a home for somebody so mm you know, there's meaning there in, in this type of industry. And so we're, we're showing them that, that, you know, they really making a difference. And for me, I, I'm bringing security to families. You know, when I do roofs, it's not just about doing a roof for somebody and making the money. It's the fact that I'm literally providing security, you know, that having that roof over your head um, is, is something that's important to me because now these families can feel secure and safe in their homes. Yeah. And we're teaching these students that that's, that's what they're doing. So,
0: I think this the system that you've created is so it's so brilliant, and I want it, I want it to be replicated. How do we how do we scale ideas like this? It's just people have to be willing. Someone has to be willing to, you know. To
1: take the time out and create something like this and then get the word out and and then just do it. I mean, people have ideas every day, right? Right. You know, it's all about actually implementing those ideas. You know, you can't make a difference if you're just sitting there with notes or sticky notes on your wall. Uh (laughs) Um, You actually have to. (laughs) You actually have to to do it and, and take that next step. And um, that's the only thing I did. I just literally just took the next step. You know, I created my board. I, you know, got the students and talked to people and it, that's, that's all I really did. And so um, there are other, there's plenty of room, you know, there's other programs out there you know there's plenty of students I can't service all the students that are out there it's impossible so we do need other programs and I know uh, Doug Hamilton he has a program that he's doing he's with Oakwood Construction and he's doing a program as well and training these students I mean it's just getting more people to recognize that we need more of these programs out there to to be able to really help serve these you know these kids are going to college for I went to college I went to SSU for four years you know I was in the music department I was a music major and music major and I became a roofer. So that's very interesting. But, you know, these students are going to college and they're not sure what they want to do. And then they're getting themselves in all this debt and then they graduate and they still don't know what they want to do. And they're not getting the job that they wanted. And then they're now working, you know, at a, you know, a totally different industry or job than what they went to college for. And, you know, they can take that same amount of money that they were spending on college and have a a career and you know as a general contractor get their license and start their own company and be their own boss and hire people Uh, I tell these young people that they can start a handyman service my son started a handyman company with his two boys his two best friends this summer and they worked all summer long doing yard work and stuff because they wanted to be their own bosses and I tell these young people you don't need a license to be able to do handyman work if you know how to plunge a toilet if you know how to do some yard work a little bit of yard work for someone there's always elders or veterans or people that need help and I'm just like you can start your own business tomorrow and I will be there to help you do it so um, so we just have to spread the word and let people know that you know it's time to you know support something like this and realize that there are there are kids that are just not meant to go to college they're not ready to go to college maybe they'll go to college later but for right now, it's not the thing for them and they need to have another option or yeah. they're going to end up out on the street or homeless or on drugs or, you know, I'm trying to really help that situation,
0: these young people, giving them a direction. And that's basically all we're doing. And it seems like over the last, I don't know, maybe decade or more that the, the narrative around education has been very myopic. It looks just like this. You go to high school, you get your you GED, you get your college, you get your degree. That's it. And then you get a job. And evidence shows us that that is not the case. People are learning in far different it's ways and working. sitting and being talked at. So I think this experiential approach I know, I think I would have gravitated towards something like this because yeah. I learn by doing. And that's so absent from the classroom setting. I mean, we like the fact of having um, a, the uh, chef
1: academy. You know, how, teaching young people how to cook and cook. You know, ha- have healthy meals maybe to help the obesity problem yeah. that we still have, especially in young kids. If they actually cook their meals instead of went, you know, to fast food all the time. So just all these little ideas that we're having, and um, you know, we're thankful to be able to have partners in the community that want to
0: make it happen. So we're just gonna continue creating these programs and Good. and doing it. Good. So what advice do you have for others who uh, are small, medium-sized business owners and want to do something innovative like what you've done?
1: Well, there's there's a couple things. One, you can be the creator and, and decide to create something of your own. Um, think about whatever your passion is and maybe some of the struggles that you've had and, and like channel it into something that can help other community people. So I always tell people to try to think about that. But then if you're not quite ready to start your own thing, you know, um, support some of the other programs that are out there you know we have our programs and there's other programs that are available as well and you could either be a volunteer you could be you know sponsors you can be um, people that just support the whole program so you know there's two ways that you can make a difference so it doesn't always mean you have to go out and start your own thing but you can be uh, a part of you know helping another thing grow and and luckily we've continued the growth just through things like this these mm-hmm. opportunities so you know
0: thank you of course of course um, and now for a little bit of a curveball, but I know uh, singing and <laughs> music balls. is a big passion of yours. Yeah. So how is uh, social innovation, entrepreneurship like singing?
1: Oh, that's a that's a curveball. Uh, hmm. Yeah, you could have given me that question early in advance so I could <laughs> think about it. Um, or like music, if I say it's like when, music, yeah. it's, it's ever changing. Um, you know, my the music that I write uh, could be very different depending on the mood and depending on what even happened that day or what happened that week. You know, my industry, what I what I do as a CEO um, is, is different every single day. It's ever changing on a regular basis. So, you know, if I'm going to compare it to music and, and my CEO life, you know, mm. it's just a it's uh it's quite the merry-go-round so um but it's enjoyable and Mm -hmm. i love
0: them both excellent that was a great answer thanks (laughs) for dancing with me there um (laughs) any any calls to action parting words before we wrap up parting words well if i could plug an event um please
1: so we we do a fundraiser every year it's called believe in the dream and it's really you know, about people that, you know, they have these dreams and things that they want to do in life and, but they don't implement them. And so Believe in the Dream is kind of our story of how our program has changed and, you know, from the beginning until now over the last three years. And so uh, we have it at Ventner's Inn, John Ash, and um, on September 13th this year, and we have a couple really special guests that are coming that I'm really excited about. Um, so a, a Donald Foyle, he is a retired NBA uh, player and the community ambassador for the 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 golden state warriors and he's our keynote speaker and he's been through quite a quite a bit of trials and tribulations. And he's basically just going to talk to these students and people about how he was able to overcome um, those obstacles and be where he is today and all the things that he's gone through. So yeah, it'd probably be focused around sports and basketball, but it's still the same concept. Right. So um, we're really excited right. to have him there t- this year. And then we have a, um, a guest flying in from out of town. Um, Kristen Ashley, she's a New York, uh, a New York, selling um, best author and she's just coming in attendance to be there to support the event and she's a sponsor of the event and she's auctioning off, um, auctioning off some of her seats at her table and she's we have a big soiree afterwards with her there and to talk to people one on one so we're just really lucky to have people like that that are gravitating to our event yeah. because they want to be there to help and we'll have many, many of our students there um, we have a lot of fun we have great performances this year Miss Sonoma County uh, Tyler Avery Lewis she's going to be performing there she gets our she's our scholarship recipient this year she's a performer and she's going to be performing and we're going to um, represent her um, present her with her scholarship so i'm really excited about that and just yeah we get to just honor the people that have been helping uh, with this program our sponsors our contractors and i'm just really excited about this year it's going to be bigger and better last year it was it was fantastic but this year We've got some great surprises, so um, and it will sell out, I mean, guaranteed. Last year, almost sold out. This year, for sure, we we already awesome. have like 120 people signed up. We have 150 spots. So I literally only have about 30 to 40 more tickets left. So, um, yeah, you can go online to our limefoundation.org, the limefoundation.org, and that's lime like lemon lime, and be able
0: to uh, get tickets there. Excellent. Well, I look forward (laughs) to being there September 13th, (laughs) Mittener's Inn. You don't want to miss it. No. Let's just thank you so much for all you're doing, the opportunities you're providing, the path you're carving out, and for your time. Thank you as well. To learn more about social innovation... Entrepreneurs of small businesses making big impacts and different frames of mind to inspire innovation, I encourage you to read The Triple Bottom Line by Andrew Savitz, The New Sustainability Advantage by Bob Willard, and Einstein's Dreams by Alan Lightman. A big thanks to my sponsor, Jay Lately, for providing the music for Onward. Jay Lately is a hip-hop artist who's been pursuing his dream since the age of 16 while juggling jobs that improve the lives of youth in Oakland. If you like good music and want to support independent artists, please go check out soundcloud.com forward slash just lately. Make sure to subscribe to Onward via iTunes or Anchor FM. Wouldn't want you missing out on another inspiring conversation with an awesome social innovator. Until next time, onward and upward.